At first glance, the setting here in my office is much like any other morning. From the vantage point of my desk chair, I'm surrounded on all sides by various monitors, value mementos, and a lone window to an outside world I admittedly spend too little time in. What makes today different from most, though, is no matter where I look, there's a floating display just above and to the right of my eye line, showing me the time, temperature, and an ever-growing number of emails that I still haven't gotten around to yet. See, I happen to be wearing the first attempt at an augmented reality future by a multi-billion dollar behemoth of tech, launched to international fanfare at their annual developers conference. It captured the headlines coast to coast and the imaginations of tech nerds and everyday people alike. Now, before you get too excited, no, I'm not wearing Apple's recently announced Vision Pro. In fact, this device predates it by over a decade. Google's Glass might rank among the best examples of a technology that was just too far ahead of its time. Battery technology, display capability, and even the supporting smart devices themselves just weren't there yet to create the critical mass needed for a consumer market success, or frankly, even the enterprise-focused pivot they woefully attempted at the ninth hour. So in today's episode, we're here to talk about what's next for augmented, virtual, and mixed reality by starting where, for many, it all began, and trying to figure out if Apple's doomed to a growing list of quite pricey false starts, or if they are indeed onto something different. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And it's weird, guys, because we're here this week to talk what's next for... I mean, the AR and the VR space, but I was thinking about the last time we really went deep on this topic and my, the, my temples already don't hurt yep. as much yeah. because we're not in a three-dimensional conference room. I don't have a migraine. And I don't have an instant <laughs> migraine and my hands are not like glitching out over some representation of my keyboard. Oh yeah, that was right. We were throwing gang signs that whole episode. We were <laughs> trying not to, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we, we are coming full circle this week back to the topic of, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality, and most importantly, what, what's next in that space? Because as you know, many know, both from our coverage of WWDC, but also just you know, the broader tech space in the last seven to 10 days, there's been a lot of activity, but really there's been a lot of activity for the last several months in this space, and it's across multiple fronts. So we figured it just made sense. We're just not there yet to do a full-blown deep dive on, let's face it, the, the the talk we, of we the can. town, as it were, is Vision Pro. Yeah. And unless you were one of the people that got to go play with it hands-on for exactly 30 minutes in California. And by the way, guys, Tim Tim did call and apologize that our tickets didn't arrive in time. And so. I really and I really did appreciate the gesture. So it, it was really big of him. So uh <laughs> Um, the, the, the scale miniature of the spaceship Lego set though, was really a, yeah, a, was a, a really a top notch move. But <laughs> anyway, our legions of listeners, the support, the outcrying of support for our non-inclusion was a, a really big moment for it us in the show. But anyway, um, no, so there's obviously the, the, the talk of the digital town as it were, um, is the vision pro, but there's. I think more to that story to be had that's going to trickle into reality, pun very much intended, over the coming weeks. We're, we're talking a quote-unquote early 2024 release for that product. Yeah. I'm here to tell you that could be like April 30th. Like the mm. definition of early 2024 right. could mean so many things. Um, yeah, so. Just inside Q2 is still early. <laughs> now, Apple still did what they do so well is it is almost a year away. And they have firmly not just made themselves part of the conversation. In a lot of ways, they've made themselves the conversation yep. about a product that's not even close to existing. I mean, the grand, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's close. But in a, as a matter of practical reality, the, the, the consumer at large tends to think about these things in the terms of what's between me and the next Christmas shopping season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, this is, and this is not that. It's beyond that, yeah. <laughs> Um, what I think was, does absolutely have value to talk about is there's a little bit, bit of gamesmanship going on, but also on that same thread about what's going to be available is, so WWDC takes place or took place on Monday, the, the, the week that we're recording this and what felt like mere hours, a little bit more than that. Before that, Mark Zuckerberg took to the interwebs <laughs> to effectively announce the next MetaQuest, the MetaQuest 3. Um, 
the very, very quick backstory, the Quest 2 is, I mean, we talked about it on the show. We, we used it during our Metaverse episode. Mm-hmm. It, yep. is, it is the device in the space right now. I mean, as far as like things people have. Yeah, like it's, because VR, it's decent yeah. tech and it's actually affordable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's beyond affordable. Tech, it's it's decent. Yeah, yeah. it's. It, it, it is. It, it provides a passably good experience. I would actually call it an overall good experience some of the time. Yeah. But all of that is in, compensated yeah. for it's now back to $300 price tag, which we mentioned on the show many, many, you know, yeah. some months ago. It had jumped in price. Uh, one of the very few times that I can think of in broader consumer tech where something that late in its cycle increased in price and they've walked that back now to go the other direction. So it went from, it went from 299 up to 399 and is back down to a starting uh, and, price of 299 again. And frankly, they're doing that out of with a page out of Apple's book, not the walking the price back, but the they're, they're setting themselves up for a, a tiered, you know, number mm-hmm. of devices. They're now going to have the two at two ninety nine, the three at four ninety nine, and then they've got the their pro. their pro at I forget what the price is on the pro. I'll have to look at it here. A thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. Wh- so which is itself a a a, a walk debt back of price. It, it launched for several hundred dollars more than that originally, right. and both people that bought one were very very upset about the bill. How much they so, spent? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, this is this is going to be one of those episodes where we bounce around all over the place by design. This is bordering on parts bin. So in the context of what's next for AR and VR, both of those products still have meaningfulness in the conversation because they're the ones you can buy right now, as right, well as right. another one that we're going to talk about in a second and why it's in many ways better, but also in a whole lot of ways very different. So a, a lot of the, you know, I, I've personally never even held a MetaQuest Pro. Because I didn't yeah, bother. Me either. I have a MetaQuest 2, and all of the coverage I went through was effectively a place of, frankly, it's one of those cases where the cheaper one is the better one. There, there are way, and I don't just mean because of the price, although it's a huge piece. There are just very, very key ways where the MetaQuest 2, I'm sorry, the MetaQuest Pro is not a good experience. If you just look at it, it's designed for light, for like coverage for light bleed is bad. Like there, yeah. it, there's no, you have to add additional, like, like there's for your thousand dollars, you get to mm. add additional like expense to get actual face, like face sealing coverage to stop light bleed in those type, like full blown VR environments. I will speak personally, light bleed is the single, I, it bothers me more than screen door effect. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to translate that a little bit, screen door effect, as we've talked about before is in most of the devices available today, put a pin in that, yeah. um, screen door effect is be due to the resolution of the displays and the fact there's actually two displays um, or you know at least two vision points on the display be, being hit at your eyes at two different angles to create the 3D effect. The culmination of all of that is much like if you've got a screen back porch, which is a very popular fixture down here in Florida, as well as many other places <laughs> in the world, um, you might be looking at something outside and you can certainly see it you can even see it in pretty good detail, but you're very well aware there is a layer, there is a thing between you and it. And it's and in that case, it's literally screen door effect because you're looking through a screen door. In the case of most of the available AR and VR devices, it looks it just looks like you're looking through a screen door because it's not an unbroken picture. The pixels primarily create that that quilt, yeah, and that's, as it were. Of and that comes from freedom. pixels of a certain size also being magnified because that that's inside all of those heads literally what they're doing are big you know basically glasses that warp the picture you know it's the picture is displayed warped and then the lenses warp it in the other direction so that it looks normal again but it's also increasing the magnification of those pixels so they get even bigger than they are so you got to make really small pixels which some people are trying to solve for so so I do think before we charge all the way forward into truly what's next for these platforms, I did want to take more time here at the top and spend some more time getting caught up on what's latest with what we've got now, which is that MetaQuest 2, the MetaQuest Pro, and Mm -hmm. the other we mentioned was the PlayStation VR 2. Those are, the between the three of those items, lion's share being the MetaQuest 2, that is the bulk of what is in consumers' hands today. You've mm-hmm. still got the HTC Vive out there doing so. You, there are other devices, but 
really it's about the MetaQuest 2 and the PSVR 2 because the MetaQuest Pro truly, every number I've seen is it was an absolute flop because, and there's a reason for that. I want to make a distinction. The commonality between the the MetaQuest 2 and the PSVR 2 is what they're primarily made for, whether one of those companies will admit it or not. And that is to play games. They are game consoles at Mm -hmm. the end of the day. Um, Again, we did a Metaverse episode last year from the MetaQuest 2. Meta changed their name to Meta because of their belief mm. about what these devices are going to mean for you know all those interactions. At the end of the day, people use the thing to play Beat Saber. Like mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that's what they do. Um, I, I don't know many people holding 20-person conferences in their MetaQuest. Mm-hmm. But, the Meta, but, the, but the Pro was literally supposed to be the answer to the workplace for these devices. It's got a higher grade industrial design. It's supposed to look a little less funky. It's it just, it was, it was meant to be the, the, the suit and tie version of the gray fabric, you know, quest two that everyone's got slapped to their face to play beat saber. The problem is the handful of people that got them immediately just started playing beat saber and haven't stopped like that's Cause that's all <laughs> there is to do on the Right. Thing. Yeah, they're definitely going like that AR route, just like, you know, obviously Apple is too with with the pro where like they want things to kind of appear in your room and they want you to be able to talk with people and have that uh, inner personality. But and, and, you know, you mentioned when we did the our episode, um, I think we we were touching on a lot of those features that Apple kind of did in in the Vision Pro. You know, we were trying to be in the same room together. We were trying to do a meeting, interact with like, you know, elements at the same time. Um, I think. I think why the Apple one looks pretty good is because we've tried what we can do right now and it, it just doesn't work, right? It was like, oh, this is cool, but we're never going to really try this again. Whereas maybe with Apple, those features, like people are maybe a little more used to them. Oh, yeah, I can put this thing on my head and, and talk to somebody. Oh, and like, this is, you're, you're so right, Cody, because this is one of the classic examples of Apple being very, very happy not mm-hmm. being first. Yeah, definitely. Because they do, they get they get to live through. I think about when I got my first Oculus Rift, my mm-hmm. very first Oculus developer kit, in I think it was twenty thirteen, maybe thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so ten years. So this is not. They didn't wait six months. Like what? And I any of one from you know the Joe public could be forgiven for not realizing because for the majority of these ten years. It's been an us's of the world thing. It's been a very yeah. niche, high, like when I say high tech, I mean the higher echelon of tech or the hardcore gamer space. Because mm-hmm. truly there's a reason why these things are primarily game consoles today because that was their origin. Like the, it was it was an afterthought originally to think, well, you know, we it can was put like- a virtual display up in front of people and they could try typing or put a movie theater in front of them and they could watch right. a show because yeah, like, it originally started out more as an accessory for your computer than exactly. it was a separate device so mm-hmm. which is ironically exactly what the psvr2 is and again, i mentioned key differences that the playstation vr2 is so dramatically different from the MetaQuest, primarily because it's not a computer the mm-hmm. MetaQuest is unto itself a platform, a device, a computer. The the PSVR 2 is, Eric, you said exactly, it's an accessory. Mm-hmm. It is a $500 controller that you plug into your $500 game console. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, while this is not just a PSVR 2 episode, I do want to talk about to date of the many, many things over the 10 years. Because short of the MetaQuest Pro, I have, ARVR has been a really important space to me over this last decade because i i've since the very first time i put on an oculus rift i just knew i was used i was playing with something different yeah and and, and that's just that doesn't always happen i shouldn't say that that doesn't happen frequently Mm -hmm. in the tech space that we play in like my iphone today is so very different from the iphone i had in 2007 but at the end of the day it's a glass slab with a battery and a cell right. radio. Mm-hmm. So while that experience has completely evolved and iterated over the, you know, many, many years I've been using that device or devices like it, it's the same. It That difference is still not the same as the day I picked up an iPhone for the first time and set down a BlackBerry. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was an actual shift moment. And from the time I picked up the first Oculus Rift and, and realized, okay, this VR thing. And then later, as we learned more about what AR was going to be, these spaces are going to be different. I don't, for me anyway, looking at my crystal ball, I don't see a world where these things don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like the concept of, at large, us sitting in front of big screens with keyboards and a computer humming in the corner. Like that is all, maybe not always, but for the foreseeable future going to have a place, I think that place is going to change and AR and VR are going to be what drives a lot of that change. Much the way that iPhone in 2007 changed how scores of people interact with data, the internet and technology at large. Yeah. Cause there's I mean, so many people that used to sit down in front of that big screen in front of that keyboard and do things that they now do with either a smartphone, a tablet or some other mobile device. I do see the platform that is AR and VR being that same or a similar launch vehicle. Sorry, Eric, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the the Apple has the blueprint for this, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the iPhone that's when true. the iPhone came out, the conversations sounded very much the same as they do right now about the Vision Pro. What, yep. Who's going to use this? And we've already got things like this and that mm-hmm. are cheaper. And why would I, why would I, why would I? And then, you know, all of a sudden the conversation shifts and people start actually using the device. And then yep. Apple understands that this is Gen 1, you know, and then they're going to put out the Gen 2 and the Gen 3. And then eventually we're going to get to the point where They've got kind of the tech on lockdown, and then they're going to start doing what we were talking about before with the iOS updates and everything. They're going to start putting the fun in. And yep. it's, you know, and, and so they have the blueprint all laid out for this. They're just, you know, and they also have the money to take their time doing it. So they're, mm. they'll be fine. <laughs> no, and to I, your point, John, I think like, I think, yes, they're traditionally for gaming, right? Because that's like a good use for them. It's like, okay, like this kid, this can do this type of game or whatever. But I think, it's that transition to, I don't want to say, oh, to the workplace, because it's not like, oh, everyone's going to be wearing goggles. But I think when it gets, no. when it's just more, the the tasks that you're doing with it are just more normal daily life things. I feel like that's when it's really going to get that integration because it's like, yep. yeah, my PSVR is an accessory, uh, but like, oh, my Apple one, I can go outside oh, yeah. and, I and mean, do I think all these basic things with it. It's a, like this way down the road in the future but when when somebody apple or somebody else figures out a way to make the transition from irl from real life mm-hmm. to virtual life seamless yep. like right now it's strap a thing adjust the strap turn it on boot it up you know all that kind of stuff when when it's when it's as easy as putting on my glasses every day like i do mm-hmm. that's it that's that's the moment when because you know oh I gotta I gotta you know call someone real quick you you put your glasses on and you can mm-hmm. have that call with them in a virtual space or whatever and then when you're done you just pull those glasses off and set them on the table and there's no adjustment there's no nothing you just put them on your face and you're off and running and again that's way off in the distance but that becomes the moment when it it's easy to use mm-hmm. and once it's easy to use then more people are gonna jump on board and then it'll be everywhere totally yeah once it's like a utility for your daily yep. life yeah. Well, let's also remember, Eric, you said it so well in our actual WWDC coverage. The elephant in the room is that $3,500 price point. Yep. But at that $3,500 price point is an interesting dichotomy because it's the very reason why we can't make direct comparisons to a lot of the competition. Mm-hmm. Because like a lot of people's criticisms of the PSVR 2 is, well, once you factor in the, P- the PlayStation, it's really expensive. Factor in the Not PlayStation, more. still 1000 bucks. Yeah, which makes it the third. same price as the MetaQuest yeah, Pro. Third. And I will tell you, the PSVR 2, again, is strictly a game console. And as we said before, it's actually an accessory for a game console. You can watch media on it. There are things you can do, but it's not the general purpose computing device that the MetaQuest Pro wants to be, not by mm-hmm. a long shot. But these devices comparatively are not expensive. But back to what you both said, this is all based on conjecture. We haven't used it. But if this thing delivers in the places they are setting it up to, I am not about to apologize for a $3,500 for for $3, price tag on a piece of effectively consumer tech. Although you could also argue, you know, it's other enterprise qualities, although they stopped short of um, accidentally hollow lensing it because that was that right. was that was hollow lenses, you know death troll from the first day um this is this is at the end of the day, a piece of consumer tech they're not marketing this to the enterprise but you better believe the enterprise is paying attention to it yeah um 
But what's funny is $3,500 is an enormous expense, but I think about other things through the years. I, I, so I remember the, the infamous Steve Jobs pulling the first MacBook Air out of, a, out of an envelope. Mm-hmm. And I think it was mm-hmm. Macworld. Yep. And there were a couple things about that that were important. A, th- no one had ever seen anything like it. The, 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 the concept of what is a thin and light laptop by today's standards did not exist, period, full stop at that point. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That device was riddled with compromises. But I remember its main compromise that much like this, people could not stop talking about for years was its $1,800 starting price point. Yeah. yeah. Adjusted for inflation, that was over a $2,000 laptop that could set your lap on fire. The battery <laughs> died about 74 seconds yeah. and was slow as dirt. But look at the thing. Mm-hmm. And it was effectively over north of $2,000, multiple times the competition. But it paved the way for what we talked about in our last episode, bar none, hands down, the laptop for everyone, which is the modern day MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Apple's never shied away from being willing to pave that, those roads. Again, not being first. They didn't make the first thin light. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They don't make the first well, hard I mean, anything. I, I feel like it's a, like they've got somebody over there in their marketing department that is, you just got a master's degree or a doctorate in psychology. Like they understand that <laughs> doing this release at $3,500 makes everyone go, Oh my God, no way. Then when the thing we talked about, the vision SE yep. comes out, everyone's like, oh, I mean, that's, you know, $600. That's a heck of a lot better than 3,500. I'm going to grab that. Forget yeah. that the, the day it gets under two grand, right. people will be like, my God, they're basically giving them away. It starts right. with a one. Like, exactly. yep. you're right, because they're setting the stage. And that, that I, I'm going to call it what I believe it is, that intestinal fortitude to look down the road and say, here we are today. This is where we want to be in a year, five years, 10 years. And then walking down the path. And I do want to devol- you know, <laughs> divulge into like, that is one of my main issues with the broader technology community today is the unwillingness to walk. And sometimes you do have to pivot. Sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to just call it. Sometimes that's just good business. Don't mishear me. I don't want businesses to drive themselves into the ground chasing the white whale. That's not what I mean. But how many products have either died too early or just failed to launch because it's not because it wasn't going to be a success. It was because it wasn't going to be a success fast enough to keep a shareholder happy. Mm-hmm. And that's just, and mm-hmm. again, Apple shareholders are, ba- are, are have track record to work off of. You know, Apple has, has shown time and time again, the ability to walk down those paths over time and iterate, revolve, um, I'm sorry, iterate, evolve and refine. And to your point, get it down to that price point where it gets to everyone. I remember the complaints about, let's let's keep going back to history. When the first iPhone dropped at $500, and that was after a price you know decrease prior to launch, mm-hmm. th- those were the days where you could just walk by a singular store and they would just start <laughs> throwing phones at you. Like you had to hide yeah. behind cars because flip phones were just coming out of nowhere. Yeah, They were Nokia's and they were, they would actually break your skull if you got hit with one. Yeah. They yeah. bounce yeah. off the ground and hit you in the eye socket. But I mean, really <laughs> that people didn't pay for phone. I mean, they did. Don't get me wrong through carrier subsidies that we got rid of and somehow got all the way back to again, but we're yeah. still paying for our phones. But I mean, out of pocket, it was unheard of to, shell out cash in person to then be handed a phone. So mm-hmm. to be told, yeah, we want you to spend $500, again, adjusted for inflation, nearly $1,000, to then pay over and above for things like data plans and just things that people weren't used to having to do, it, it was considered insanity. Mm-hmm. And now it's the blueprint for the you know the most ubiquitous piece of consumer technology. I don't mean the iPhone, but just the smartphone in general in the history of humanity. So I'm not about to say that the, you know, that the AR VR space, I don't actually believe it in its current incarnation will reach that level of, you know, I don't envision walking down the street past 
hundreds of people looking at me through their double-sided OLED display. God, I hope not. I might be out at that point. It it might be island time at that that particular It's funny how how Google, kind of how far ahead that idea for Google Glass was. Like, it just no one was ready, right? Like, because essentially we're going to, they're they're going backwards to that, right? We got they are. big heads that you know we're just going to get back to that point, but it just won't. But be to your weird. very good point, Cody, and obviously we have all desensitized <laughs> dramatically towards those kinds of interactions since what that what would that have been 2013, 2014 when I had glass. Mm. Well, I still have oh, my glass. Decade when I, ago, I got holy it. cow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was pre CRS. But um, anyway, I, I think about like that experience. Yeah, it would have been fourteen because I went to IO thirteen and got it shortly after that. So wow. Um, but Cody, to your point, obviously the, the world's acceptance of like technology just literally just in our lives has changed. Yeah. But that oh, said, yeah. I don't doubt. So we, Eric, you know, Cody and I did the classic experiment. I wore it into a bar. I just, right. I, I, I wanted to see, I, I, I walk into a bar. And wearing Google Glass. Okay. Yeah. Wearing Google Glass. And what is it? And very few people, if any, were like, I never got the impression that people were like, is that guy recording me? Like, th- right. thankfully, because yeah. I was, that was looking to be my full stop. If people started to like, if I got creep vibes, I'm like, nope, this experiment's not worth it. I promise I'm not doing it, but you have no reason to trust me. Like, we're not going down that road. But I've never had more total strangers just walk up and say, is that that Google thing? Can, mm-hmm. can right. I try it? Like, so it absolutely generated interest. It also, I've never seen a more universal response of that's really cool, but I wouldn't use one. Yeah. Like th- there was that vi- that, that divide and there is a dramatic difference between wearing a glassesless set of frames with a plastic prism hanging over your eyeball <laughs> compared to wearing a non see-through pair of ski goggles with a totally. screen on the front <laughs> in public yeah i was gonna say i can't imagine somebody like imagine go back to that moment and imagine you're walking in there with the vision pro on your head instead (laughs) what i'm imagining out of the bar really bad doctor who episode and (laughs) i'm just not there for it like um so that so what i mean by this particular diatribe is i don't think this is the ultimate iteration of anything and right. it's obviously not. It's 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 their first shot. It's it's a public beta in in many ways. Yeah. You just get mm. to pay thirty five hundred dollars to participate in, much like how I paid an obnoxious amount of money to participate in Google Glass ten years ago. <laughs> so like the this is we've been here before. The difference is it is matured to the point. This is not a universal truth. They've done stupid things. They've pivoted. They've canceled products. But on the whole. When Apple decides to enter the space, it's not always because or just because they've got some magical solve to all the world's problems with that device. It's they've watched and they've waited for the market, the perception, and the base technology to evolve to the point where, okay, now it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- I definitely feel like yeah. since they decided to do it that it it is like they know what they're doing at this point for some yeah. reason i think like you know yeah because like google will release things and then they'll cancel it in like a month right but when apple does it you're like oh like the ipad or something you're like okay this is yep. like a big deal right like they're, gonna yeah, if they're deciding to if they're putting it out there for us and it's not just a rumor anymore because mm-hmm. there's been plenty of rumors like you know the car that they're apparently making is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's been talked about for ages and so is this and now that it's actually here yeah it feels like when they're willing to put it out there for everyone to yep. see, it becomes more of a moment. And, and here's the thing, even in those times when Apple has said, you know what, we're going to back out of this and we're not going to do this, whatever this thing is anymore. They've changed. They fundamentally changed the space at that point already. Yeah. So all the products that are left behind are better because they were in the space anyway, driving Drag other forward. people forward. So. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, <laughs> The evolutionary elements of what they've done, though, I, I don't, I don't see them abandoning the space at least not quickly or soon. Um, but to your point about what's going to drag it forward, the, the raw technical specs of what's in this yep. thing, and again, they made a choice. They could not have done that and launched it for nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Yeah, no way, not even close. The the displays cost more than I like. Really, they made the choice to do it 
again, I stopped sort of saying right because we don't know if anyone's going to buy one yet. But right. they didn't, to use their own, they certainly chose to do it differently. And that was a choice to go for the highest of the highs and make it the best possible experience bordering on irregardless of price point, which mm-hmm. is going to exclude a huge amount of the market out of the gate. And then they'll do penetration over time. Guess what? Going back to my earlier example, the first iPhone excluded the vast majority of the market out of the gate. Yeah. It did. The iPad was one of the very few examples. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. I I remember watching the original iPad announcement. Everyone knew it was coming. Like there was no there was no question about what they were announcing that day. Mm. And the railing argument amongst my peers and others I was talking to at the time was could they get it down to nine hundred ninety nine dollars? Like the get it with genuine, no comma. The, yeah. the argument was how much of a bath were they going to take just to be able to sell it without a comma? And many were like, they, they just they just won't bother. It's Apple. They're going to charge eleven, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars because look at what a MacBook costs. Mm-hmm. And then I, I vividly remember because it was their presentations at a very specific style back then. And when that four ninety nine price, and I do mean when I say dropped, I mean it literally dropped onto the screen, and there was a plume of like yeah. fake dust. Like I was speechless. Mm-hmm. 400 like that doesn't happen apple doesn't do that now there were there's an interesting talking point to that though because the compromises they made to get the ipad down to 499 dollars were ones that it then took them generations to work their way up and out of in that case i know they made the opposite but correct decision they could have made a much better iPad and sold it for two grand mm-hmm. and they would have sold eight of them. Yeah. And instead they made a big iPod touch and got it out the door for four ninety nine, And the result was for the next three or four generations of the device, you got to wait in line at a best buy to maybe get your hands on one because it mm. created this, you know, it, it was a moment. Into yeah. a, exa- exactly. This is that just the other way around. They've created the moment, but because they're not breaking into a new, a, a brand new space they're, they're seeding. Eric, you and I were talking about this the other day, right after the, right after the show. Yeah. They're seeding the lower end of the space to those that have already won it. Meta won it. Mm-hmm. Placed it, Sony has won the middle of it. Like if, at, at the at the basement, you've got at two hundred ninety nine dollars. If you're spending less than that, you're buying, frankly, an Amazon knockoff. I don't mean Amazon or, the company, but some God knows yeah, what yeah. company on There's, Amazon selling. If a you buy anything less than that, bucks. you have to slot your cell phone in it for the visuals. That's uh, usually how it works out. How yeah, it works. Yeah. Yep. So you, the, they're seeding that. All indications are they're Meta's losing money every time they sell one of those. I do believe PlayStation probably makes a buck or two every one of, but again, that's not a direct comparison because it has no compute. That's just a $500 display that plugs in with a USB-C cable to your PlayStation to great result. I love the PSVR too. I can say that coupled up with Gran Turismo 7 is one of the greatest experiences I've had in modern day computing or gaming. It's amazing. Um, But Eric, what you and I talked about the other day is what they've done is position them so to quote unquote win the day, if they make one dollar off the first device, they're winning, right? Because the competition to win the bottom of the space is they're playing the console they're game. Going back to these basic yeah. game consoles, they're losing money. They're setting piles of cash on fire. Oh, in the interest of a longer term strategy, and that's a given. But Apple's approaching this as we'd rather completely upend the space make our margin off of whatever ones we actually sell so they don't get that shareholder pressure of, well, listen, man, it's been three years and two generations and we're losing money every single one of these sell. When is this thing going to turn to profitability? Now, I don't mean profitability that they've made back their money on the on the engineering. The R&D into that product is going to take some time, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. to pay back. But at least they're not adding to that deficit every time they move a unit, I wouldn't think. At $3,500, I have to imagine Tim Cook has done his incredible operational wizardry and is eking profits out of every single one of those units that move. I have a hard time believing that's what's going on over at you know the House of Mark. 
And to your point, I yeah. think that's why they started with the pro, right? Because they, they're Absolutely. not attacking that lower market at all. They're saying we're nope. going to make the pro one. So if you want like the the big deal one, like this is well, what yeah, we're making right now. It's because their their low end model is going to come in at at least double the price of the lowest end on the market like when they're done. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're they're, they're going to try to get it. Eventually, they're going to get an SE or something. Yep. down with without a comma they will mm-hmm. it's good but it's going to take several generations and they'll probably be a, a mainline one first there'll be a pro there'll be a regular one then we'll get an se later which is the regular one a year or two after it's been out like they do with all their other oh. stuff mm-hmm. to your point because this is a what's next episode let's what's let's be us and what's next a device that's not even out yet yeah. because you're right I, I could see one of the distinctions between the quote unquote pro that we're getting now because they need to pave the way in this space versus the one that we will inevitably get to lower that price point. I could see it ditching the outer display. Outer display for sure. And yep. just yeah. being a consumption device. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Basically yeah, like we're a true VR. Like where they it would it could still have AR elements because I could see it re- retaining the outward facing cameras and still being able to show you the room. Mm-hmm. But basically ditching all of the inter- the outward facing interactive yeah. features that would have to knock a lot of expense yeah, and it'll just off you know device. they'll replace the apple stickers in the box with a couple of googly eyes and everything will be fine that's fine <laughs> a- absolutely so one thing about the apple shaped googly yeah eyes, exactly i just gave, yep, I just gave myself a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> so the vision pro the one thing i think we touched on a little bit on the last podcast was like the facetime aspect of it and yep. that essentially you scan your face, scan your face. Mm-hmm. and it makes like that a i mean we, so we've made avatars for ourselves i mean I've heard that it's a little bit uncanny valley with that AI. I mean, is that going to be the what's next for essentially like these, you know, wearing yeah. things on your face? You have an AI version of I yourself. I mean, them, them doing the scan of your face and mm-hmm. having that sort of uncanny valley thing is what's next. There's totally. no one yeah. out there doing anything like that yet. And I will say, go, calling back to our old episode as we do, I will take uncanny valley, John. Yep. Over mm-hmm. that legless nonsense that currently exists yeah. in the meta, in Meta's Meta, whatever you want to freaking call. It. I mean, that was a horrible experience. I mean, and it again, bad. it's not. They don't have full body or anything yet in the Apple stuff. It looks to me like people will see like a framed display of your oh, yeah. avatar. But in a way that like removes anonymity, right? Like it's scanning your face. Like you can't hide but, behind some weird avatar that you made look really funny. Like there's, right. I, I feel like there's that push towards like your digital self is going to look like your real self, baby, you know? Yeah. And as long as it can look like me and I can fix my teeth a little bit, then I'm good. To be <laughs> <honest>. um, <laughs> um, but, but no, I, I, sorry, I can, you make a good point. I didn't mean full body in that. Oh, they solved yeah. the leg problem. Right. But, but somebody needs still, to, that's what's next. <laughs> I mean, they did, they do, but I, mean, I will still take that uncanny valley, but still semi, I'll call it semi realistic expression of me versus the, the cartoonified, the uh, oh, Cody, I'm, the me version, M I I version. Like really, every time I think about the we, and mm-hmm. like that, truly, yeah, and, well, that's, that's what they look like. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure they hired the same artist, right? <laughs> and it was 15 <laughs> years ago. Like yeah. it, th- that's my biggest frustration with the other products. And I'm so happy to see someone saying, you know, what if we didn't do it that way because I don't know about mm-hmm. y'all. If the intent is to have meetings in this thing, I I outwardly refuse to have a meeting with cartoon as a cartoon, right? Yeah, with a top hat, ridiculous. and like glasses on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no. it, it doesn't, and in the end, that's and that's what's going to set them apart is the ability to do that. And I mean, you know, a lot of people aren't going to have it, and that ability to mix and match having people on video with their webcams yep. and having you in that space working the way that you want to work, but still able to participate in the meeting in a, in a meaningful and professional way. I mean, you know, sitting there looking like yourself rather than, yep. you know, in a top hat with a mm-hmm. monocle, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it seems like they're, they're doing, they're taking the right steps and, yes. and, and people are going to get salty about it with the way they do it because they do it in an expensive way, but it's the only way that they can, do what they need to do. Like you said, they need to prove that it's profitable and then they can start iterating down. And that seems to be the way that they've been most successful. I mean, God, they've done it how many times now with how many different products they, they know what they're yeah. doing. So no, I, I mean it when I say the iPad is one of my favorite 
and maybe only examples of them making the conscious choice to the go way. the other direction. I remember, and it was the right one in that moment. Yeah. Don't, oh, don't yeah. mishear me. But yeah, I remember even with the iPad, I was like, nah, that's not going to who want like, I don't need a really big screen. I got my TV at home or like I have a, you know, like it's the way you think about these products before they come out. Um, I think you mentioned yesterday, John, like your watch, like, oh, if I look down yeah. at my watch, I don't want people to think I'm, igno- I, I think to a degree, the watch has gotten to a point where people know, right? It's like, yeah, you have an Apple watch or a smart watch They're of some there. kind. So yeah. yeah, I think the same thing, like we're kind of, we're, it, the working with it on, I think is still in the process, you know? Right. People, people will eventually get there as more and more people adopt it. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think people will get there faster inside four walls. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll take long. For example, you know, late 2024, I'm sitting in my office and I happen to be wearing a vision pro doing whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't think people will think i've gone completely mad right or but you I go to walk- one of those work share places and you see some guy in one sure. of the corner offices you know drawing on the fake whiteboard excuse me sir can i borrow this chair and your eyeballs appear between the screen right it's not gonna be like <laughs> whoa it'll be yeah know, more normal <laughs> but anytime soon would i then just you know pop on a new battery and then go out for my morning walk wearing the thing that's probably going to generate some glances for the foreseeable future oh yeah Mm-hmm. Like that, there's just that difference between how people choose to utilize technology in a space versus out, quote unquote, in the world and mm-hmm. the in the world aspect of it. Now we've come full circle to the Google Glass experiment. Right. Yeah. And there's just going to be that to it for well, quite a long time. Here, here's Eric making his galaxy brain. What what's next thing? <laughs> Apple's going to solve that for you, John. They're going to they're going to cr- add to their fitness app virtual reality workouts where you are sitting on your bike or on your treadmill with that on you and you're doing your workout on a stationary bike or a stationary treadmill and you're walking through Paris or you're riding your bike on, you know, oh, the last race sorry, that yes, they ran, the, you know, like specifically the fitness aspect of it. You are so very, very, you're going to be all over that first. Oh, yeah. That, oh, the, the, the health aspect of it, uh, Yes, uh, I was using the morning walk as an example just because that's one of the few yeah, right, reasons yeah. I, I intentionally go into public. But <laughs> no, um, but 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 Eric, that's a really great point because I don't think we verbalized that. I I completely agree because that the health element has been like a very consistent connective tissue between yep. so many of their devices for mm-hmm. generations now. Really, if you think about the Apple TV with the fitness with the fitness plus stuff, the Apple Watch evolved from being here's the next fashion icon to here's a way to be a little less fat like mm-hmm. like really right. that's what the apple watch no all, all the interactions with the watch yep. and like the ipad it's all great so good Yep, all of it on the phone the health app literally coming to the ipad as part of this next ipad os like you, you are so very very right and that's that could be really cool i would mm-hmm. love to take my morning walk on mars right exactly that that's really the thing. neat like, across tatooine the, yeah, right. and yeah, in in you know, as long as you've got your Disney Plus subscription as well, you can walk on Tatooine. You know that that I mean, they're going to go for that stuff, and that's going to be I, amazing. I will frankly hand Bob Iger all a the money, certain amount of money <laughs> to just have my morning walk be how many laps of of the Death Star can I do? Right. So yeah, you can just <laughs> you know, I mean, that that's the thing that I think will it's a it's gimmicky. You know, but at the same time, if they do it in a way, if they present it in a way that's, you know, it's good for you, it's this, it's that the way that Apple always does, they'll present it, it will get adopted by the hardcore first, all the reviews will come out on all the tech sites, then they'll trickle down to people, not us, and Mm -hmm. eventually it becomes commonplace and everyone's like, yeah, I'll give that a try. And then it, Uh, you know, blows up. So I'm going to be, you know, just the, the misty eyed tech kid that I am sometimes right now and say, <laughs> one of the main reasons I've embraced games and even just broader tech and especially this AR VR space, as long as I've been able to is because it represents the ability. And this is the most clear expression of that to date, um, to go places that you otherwise would never be able to go. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something so meaningful, so important. This is the most direct realization of, you know, in my lifetime, there are places that, you know, beyond my lifetime, there are places that humanity will go that I will never get to see. 
and the opportunity mm-hmm. to participate in that in any fake, literally fake, generated way is still better than never having gotten to experience it in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. joke about taking my morning walk on Mars. Like, but it could be a thing. I'm there, yeah. I'm there for it. Like the, those opportunities to see those strange places that would never otherwise exist for me, for us, for a lot of people. That's just cool to keep our narrative of the week. It seems that's fun. It is fun. Yeah. And, and the, yeah. here's the other thing I meant to mention it during the, the, the Apple and the WWDC one, but it, it didn't really fit with that, but it does here. I think that one of the things that this AR and VR and what's next for it is most important for, it doesn't touch on any of us, you know, tech guys out there. It yeah. feels to me like it's such an important moment for people with disabilities, Absolutely. Um, wh- whether, yeah. whether it's, you know, mobility or, or even if it's someone who's, who's agoraphobic or something like that, and it has trouble leaving the house for whatever reason, whether it be, a um, to have those experiences yeah, to have those experiences. Yeah. And you know, there's plenty of people that I know of that uh, are paralyzed in a way that the, they have limited motion in their hands, but you know what motion they can do in their hands that pinch pinch and they can raise their hand a little bit. If all they need to do is that pinch and that raise, they don't have to hold the controllers anymore. They can put yep. that on their headset and go anywhere and interact with the internet and speak to it by just looking. Yep. You've now opened up the world to people who haven't been able to experience that for possibly years. And that's meaningful ever. on a yeah. completely different level. And yeah. I think that and it, it's a small subset of the market, but I think it's, so important to give that kind of agency to people who haven't had it in so long that i mean that that right there just apple choosing to do those very slight motions with the hands was very intentional mm-hmm, that to make it so usable for so many people that may not be able to do a full motion with their hand or even grip a controller grip a controller it's it's um, that's an amazing thing that they've done just on that just for those people and i think that that deserves to be commended for sure yeah i'm glad you brought that up that's a really that's awesome actually yep and and it does it it's what's the why you know what's the why behind why do we do a lot of these things like that's a really great example of a big piece of the why i mean let's not forget apple's why is to make more money yeah and and, and that's okay yeah right every company they wouldn't be they wouldn't be able to do these things if that was you know takes money to make money also takes money to make a new interactive computing experience like yeah the engineer talent and the raw materials it takes to make these things it's expensive i meant it when i said it will take a long time to recoup the investment of just making that thing into a reality pun intended right Uh, but i'm glad they did yeah i mean that's the thing you can you can be a giant company and be out to make money but also make intentional decisions that make people's lives better Better. along the way. You can completely ignore all of that and give everybody the most amazing controller to hold in your hand ever. But they made an intentional decision to make their, to do hand gestures and not big, grand hand gestures, small, tiny hand gestures. That that was all intentional. And, And I think it was, and I think it was good decisions that they made. Because also, like one, I said, one thing is that, that you don't have to move your hand like off your lap, like those downward right. facing cameras. Yep. So it's not like, you know, with the quest, right. you feel like you got that thing way out in front of your face trying to get it to see it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, I mean, because that's the gosh. thing with the eye tracking that they have for that, coupled with just the pinch and the swipe motions, that's all you need to control it. I saw people talking about it and some of the, the people who actually got hands on with it. And it's it's so tiny. They just said it. you can just sit there and do that. And, and again, they none of these people are are disabled in any way they're doing, you know, but you can see how it could be useful for in that set of in people. And it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm excited to see how it changes people's lives. And th- those are going to be, you know, calling it now, like with Apple watch, where they're like, you know, the Apple watch discovered a, a arrhythmia in my heart that saved my yeah, life. Yeah. Those are going to be the videos we see down the road with yep. vision pro is going to mm-hmm. be yep. it, it literally changing people's lives. You know, it's not going to be us in yeah. the office working. That's going to be great. There'll be a few shots of yeah. that. But the ones that are going to make people tear up at the Apple, the Vision Pro commercial are going to be the people whose yeah. lives it's actually changed, which mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing is not going to be a small number. Yeah, you know, quote unquote, you know, an example, you know, I haven't left my house in 20 years and now I'm, you know, 
uh-huh. in the Louvre. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like yeah. That, those kinds of experiences. Yeah, exactly. And and who knows? It could end up helping people who in that right. specific situation by getting them out in the world and feeling like, okay, maybe I can do this. You know, those kind of things in, could happen, which is, you know, meaningful. No, it's, those are all the things where it's like, you know, the when, and it, it sounds like the when is going to begin next year, but bring right. it back real quick to some of the stuff we do literally have in hand today. Um, I still think it's interesting to talk about what's next in those spaces too, to kind of round it out. So we talked about the MetaQuest two, and we talked about, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, tease the MetaQuest three, you know, on yeah. the eve of the, of the Apple event. And, um, I think it's just interesting to talk about the quest three and what it represents, because I do also think it's, it's a really great example of meta doubling down. Yeah. They may not have known if it was going to be three grand or 3,500, but they knew it wasn't going to be a thousand bucks talking about the, about, about the vision pro. So their choice to double down really on that portion of the market, which is a, I don't want everyone in the space to suddenly start making three plus thousand dollar headsets because that's not good for everyone either. Because now right. we've made it inaccessible to the majority of people that are ever going to want or hope to get a chance. Um, so I know they're looking at you know a later this year release, so twenty twenty three. Um, it's a little more expensive, so they they're keeping the Quest Two. Sorry, they dropped the Quest Two to two nine back to two ninety nine. This one's going to be four ninety nine, but they're doing that classic play that we've talked about on the show so many times, which is they're going to keep the Quest Two around at yeah. that two ninety nine price point, and then so they're they're eking up in 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 the space, still staying well south of the thousand, technically south of five hundred dollars, but to provide a more not nearly the Vision Pro, but still a more premium experience yeah, at pass a much lower price point. Stuff, yeah. Yep. So I could just see, you know, some really interesting you know, they're going for it's, you know, it's almost half the thickness. It's much less weight. It's, you know, Cody, you mentioned the full color pass through. I mean, there's things like battery life and whatnot that were still like, when is that? What's it gonna be like? Because I hate to say no, when I hear is bad. <laughs> well, when I hear slimmer, typically we get slimmer out of one of two places. They improve the display tech, which I'm sure they did and maybe sacrifice milliamps in the battery. And that's like the battery sacrifice going back to, it comes, keeps coming full circle, but that's why they do these (laughs) things. I do going back to things that were, I think were smart decisions. Apple made was putting that, making that battery an external pack. So you can swap it. um, Yeah. Oh, well, and so it's not up on your head. Yeah, that's the weight. One of the one of the main reasons I think the PSVR two is so comfortable is because there is no battery. Yeah, because it's because it's powered by the connection to the PlayStation, Mm -hmm. and not that the MetaQuest is in any way heavy, but I know the batteries there. Yeah, there is there is face fatigue for sure. Absolutely. Yep. And there are on all of them. But and and I mean and that's the thing with the with the MetaQuest is you know you're either going to use it for the amount of time that you can with the battery, you're going to tether yourself and be tied to a cable, or you're going to buy an extra battery pack that hangs off the back and sort of counterbalances the weight on the front of it. And you know, there Apple's going to end up third parties are going to end up with all sorts of battery accessories for that thing. So it was good that they, the, the only thing that, you know, that they made sure they talked about was proprietary cable to the headset. Yeah. And I'm assuming it's USB C on the other side that plugs into the actual battery pack. Unless the battery pack and that cable are tethered, I don't know. And then it has a USB-C that goes into the battery pack. That may be the only way it can be powered. So it'll be interesting to see once it once we get more details on on the whole thing. But yeah, the 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 MetaQuest Three. What I'm most curious about with that is the quality of the screens in the headset Mm -hmm. and the quality of the cameras that give you the pass through. They're talking about full color pass through now. Mm-hmm. And, but, right. but, you know, that was the big thing that Apple's talking about is how, and everyone's talking about that reviewed it is how clear it is, how clear the world is around right. you that you're in. It's usable. You can read text. You can, you know, yep. all that kind of stuff you could pick up and use your phone while you've got that headset on. You cannot do that on the quest Two. Oh, no. And, 
even even when we were in the metaverse and we brought our laptops in where it showed the screen there and yep. had the keyboard and we're trying to type on their virtual keyboard and it actually let you bring your keyboard in keyboard into it and, and yep. it does your format so that you can sort of see where your keyboard is and you can type with the headset it doesn't work it's nah. it's it's a poor experience yeah. so very they they need to fix that in the MetaQuest 3 and make it usable but at five hundred dollars how much right can, how much technology can they put in the screens right. and in the cameras it can't be thirty five hundred dollars worth and i mean i know that's mm -hmm. not what apple's spending but you know but yeah how iterative is it from the two yeah exactly i'll, I'll be interested to see what people say when you know because you know the people who got to touch it marcus Brownlee and all those like those kind of people that got to have it on their face are going to go and get the Quest 3 also the minute it drops. Yeah, right. And I mean, I can't wait to hear what they say the differences are when they get both of them on their face. Because I'll be able to get the Quest 3 and try it. Totally. But I probably yeah. won't be able to drop the money to get the Vision Pro and the lenses right. I need because I wear glasses. So. Glasses. Oh, the Zeiss lenses. It's like, no. Yeah. At least they're pop-ins. Like it sounds yeah, no, like it's magnetic. I like, I like how they did it. They're easy to get in and out, but it's also an extra spend. So it's $3,500 and then what? How much more for my lenses? We Probably don't know a couple yet. hundred, I would so, imagine. Yeah, so maybe my maybe my vision insurance will cover it. <laughs> it's for work. I'll, I'll yeah. be sure to look into it, Eric. Appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> work contacts. Yeah. yeah that. So, so to kind of bring it full circle, I think it's just interesting because this space, it's actually interesting to think about how long this space has already been with us. It's been a decade. I, yeah. in, a, in a consumer facing way, it's been with us for a decade, obviously in a, not broad, in a meaningful, consumer. usable way. Yeah, it's been a decade. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's been a, it's been a decade. And that's a that's an interesting point, but a, not an unprecedented point for Apple to choose to enter that space. Um, I just think it's here's the question I guess I'll start to leave you guys with. It's no wonder that, you know, Zuckerberg dropped the information about the MetaQuest 3 the night before the Apple event. The question is, do we think is the MetaQuest 3 we're going to get going to arrive faster, better, or cheaper simply because the Vision Pro exists? Going back mm. to competition. I feel like they're kind of on the path for the current one. I mm -hmm. feel like Mark feels very confident about like this headset and what he wants to do with it i feel he also I mean, very confidently raised the price of a two-year-old device by a hundred dollars and no, then I mean, dropped it again i think yeah. like he's probably in a space where like he probably knew apple was going to release something or like oh, God, yes. wind of something so I, I don't know i feel like they set on their path and they just go i feel like he's they're just going to mm -hmm. truck along with the yeah. current one i think that he in his head has the vision that the people who like Meta and Facebook are like him, and they don't like mm. Apple, right? So they're gonna they're gonna choose my headset. My people are gonna choose my headset, and then the Apple folks will just get the Apple stuff. Well, what yeah. he doesn't realize is, you know, there's quite a bit of crossover there. So there's a whole lot. Of, <laughs> a lot of those people carry iPhones. I'm just throwing yep, that out exactly. There, but... So and. Now, and, and again, we have to, because it would be irresponsible not to keep circling back to that elephant in the room. Um, at $3,500, this is not going to meaningfully impact consumers directly for a long time. No, no way. It just, it just won't. Yeah. But going back to competition, I think the point of my, my question a moment ago was it's $3,500 isn't going to actually exist for nine plus months. And I do believe that we are already seeing the market having to react to it. Yeah. And no, even right. for people that never own one, I still think it's mere existence already is and is going to continue to have positive impacts on the broader consumer market as this AR VR space continues to evolve and solidify and become a thing for more people. That market is made better by that elephant sitting over in the corner. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's giving like the, the specs on that are giving them, they, they understand what they're trying to shoot for when they see that those kind of specs. Oh, that's, you know, that's really interesting. It's amazing what they did with that. We should try to copy that, you know, whatever they're doing. And, and, yeah. and I mean, and like you were alluding to also, you know, that that's the reason that 
Mark came out and said, you know, hey guys, look what we got in the works months before. Yeah, the I promise was ready this to is drop. coming soon. Before, and he yeah. did it purposefully before the Apple event dropped. I just wanted to let you guys know we got something coming too. And, you know, and this is what it looks like. And then they barely released any specs. There's nothing about what the yeah. screens are like inside that thing. So, I just, you know, almost I, I, no I, information. I will never have the ability to test this theory, but my belief is whenever that product drops for $499, the product we will be able to buy for $499, which is great. I'm, I'm thrilled that it exists at that price point because A, it means I'll actually be able to buy one, but and as will many, many other people. Right. But I firmly believe the device sitting in that box at the price we're going to get it for exists in that form and at that price in part due to the threat of the existence of that $3,500 device coming out six plus months after that fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I fully believe that as well. Yeah. hundred percent. And for everyone that's going to get a, in my opinion, properly priced again, quest two later this year, again, they wouldn't have dropped the price again. Had there not been that external market pressure, the PSVR two wasn't what made them do it. No, it's, it's not. So, so uh, just to touch on it real quick before yeah. we end, just because we didn't touch on PSVR 2 that much, mm-hmm. the, the quality of the screens and the experience in the PSVR 2 is is better than the, the Quest 2, correct? I mean, orders of course, of you have orders, to have the PlayStation attached. but Orders of magnitude. Uh, and okay. I'm glad you brought that because it is, it is not, I still envision the, envision the Vision Pro being light years and leaps ahead of even of that. But to compare the two side by side, it is meaningfully different. Is there okay. a screen door effect? Yes. But can I read? Going back to what you guys were saying before, I can read on the screen. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can. Yeah. yeah. I, I've. I can watch a video and not hate myself. I don't know why I would ever sit there and do that and not look at the 4K TV that's hanging on the wall behind it. But I can do it. Um, the act. The field of view improvements are dramatic. Oh. Okay. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, um, it's it, it's OLED, so like the black levels, like truly, I've I've put it on before, and been unsure if I turned it on until the text popped up in front of my face because the black levels on the screen are just that oh that's good awesome because it's an OLED display, so it's very bright, it's colorful, but the dark you know it's got bright brights and dark darks and just say really those things all add up to a meaningfully superior experience in all but one way. Um, Because I would be remiss for not saying, for me at least, because all eyeballs are different, but I've heard this from other people too, so I think it's more than just a me problem. And this is one of the big things I am very curious about with the Vision Pro. Most, if not all, I would imagine because of the technology, all AR, VR products have what's called the sweet spot, Mm -hmm. where it's when it's positioned on your face in such a way where your retinas or whatever part of the eyeball is involved is aligned properly mm-hmm. with the centermost point of that illusion. Cause that's how it all works. They're creating an illusion in front of your face. It's how it creates the 3d environment, the depth of field and all those things. It is a literal trick that they're, they're tricking your brain into seeing what it's seeing. And that is most effective within the confines of that sweet spot. And because these things are literally hunks of metal and plastic and fabric hanging off your face that you are designed to move around while wearing, guess what? It it physically shifts on your face. And depending on how tight that sweet spot is, it's very, either very, very easy or much harder to drift out of it. This The PSVR 2, for my eyes, and again, for several of the people I've talked to, has a very, very specific sweet spot where I am... Not every 30 seconds, but many times more frequently than I than I would like to have to adjust its position on my face because it starts to fall out of that sweet spot. Yeah. And the blurriness and like it just it the visual acuity that does set it apart from most of its competitors starts to fall apart very quickly when you're not in that sweet spot. And mm-hmm. that is like if I had to pick on its one flaw, is that like I said the the what it can do is superior to every other product I've used to date. Um Vision Pro notwithstanding, because I haven't. Um when but the the big giant asterisk in the corner is that is all true when it's aligned properly on my face. And it just seems like a nitpicky thing. But like I said, this thing is designed to be worn while you're moving around. Like even if I'm sitting on my couch playing Gran Turismo, 
I'm doing so in a 3D environment. So I'm constantly moving my face around, looking in corners, looking behind me, checking the mirror. Like you're, even if you're, even if you're not playing a game where your body is moving, I promise you, very few times are you in VR and your face is stationary. Because the whole point is you're moving around in that part of the space. So it's just, that is just, if it sounds like I'm nitpicking, it's because that is one thing that I've, I've yet to use the device for more than five minutes and not have to start making those little micro adjustments. Yeah. I have to do that a lot with even my MetaQuest because um, my glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And as a non glasses where I will say to the MetaQuest credit, and it's also, I'm sure due in part to the screens are just poorer quality that I, I don't know the engineering behind this. My guess is to a point, the higher quality you attempt to make the display, the more sensitive that sweet spot potentially becomes. Yeah, that makes sense. So my hope is, and I have no way of testing this yet, that because of the display tech differences that do exist in the Vision Pro, that that won't be as much of an issue there. Because again, that device more so than any, in my opinion, is literally made to move around in. Like if you're, if the whole point is to be able to see the room around you and you're walking around the digital space of whiteboards, i.e. my future office, um, I better not be, you know, scribbling on that digital whiteboard while adjusting the dang thing on my face every three minutes. Cause that, that will, that is an irritation on a $500 device that is device breaking at a $3,500 device. Totally. Yeah. So, but to back to your original point, the, the PSVR two, that one caveat aside, um, when it's sitting on my face in the right place and configured properly is the best VR experience, specifically nice. VR experience I've had to date. Yeah, I got to try that one out still. All right. Well, on that occasionally pixelated bombshell, there I think go. that's where we'll start to uh, wrap it up for this week. Y'all have anything uh, as we take this one out the door? Yeah, find us on social media and post yourself wearing virtual reality headsets out in the world just because. Oh that my part. gosh. That's, that is, <laughs> is, is, I, I'm, I'm, Currently picturing some of the submissions we may possibly get from this because, frankly, I know the people that predominantly listen to this show, and you may <laughs> rue those words. Is all is all I'll say. But, uh, all right. Well, uh, with that, I think we'll. I'm going to go find a headset to play with because now we've we talked go. about it all morning, and yeah. now I'm just you know in the mood to go wreck a car into a wall. I guess. So, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go do that, and we will uh, catch you next time. Later. Later. Later.